0: Hey there, besides pumpkins and ghosts and goblins, what do you, what do you fear? (laughs) I got all tongue tied, but that's okay because this month on Stress Talk Live, we are talking about fear and how that fear impacts and influences our stress levels. I'm excited to get to it. So I'm not going to belabor any longer and we'll see you in just a moment. everybody we are stress talk live and i am marceline today we're going to talk about four real complex fears that cause mature women over to overstress. i'm not going to take a lot of time giving you some intro because i want to get into it this month is october as you all know and that we associate with Halloween, ghosts, goblins, witches, those things that causes us to be afraid. Well, there are also some in, inherent fears that we have as human beings, and that adds to our stress levels. And we're going to be talking about that today. So let's get to it okay so i'm going to be looking at my notes which are up so if i keep looking up that's because my notes are there (laughs) so (laughs) yeah my notes are up there so it's not like i'm trying to think because i'm trying to read i'm just trying to read today so let's get to it (laughs) oh i know you're probably wondering what did she do to her hair what's going on with her hair For those of you who know me, you know I switch up. I'll switch up on you in a minute. I like to switch up. So this is what I look like today. Who knows what tomorrow's going to bring? One of my coworkers said, we don't know who you're going to show up as on any given day. That's something to think about. It is something to think about. But for now, we're going to be thinking about fear and how that fear impacts our stress levels. I'm excited to talk about this because I think that we we miss, when we talk about we're stressed or we say that we're stressed, we often miss all of the things that influence our stress levels. And so I wanted to talk about fear today and for the rest of the month, because of course, October is the month of Halloween, but I also wanted to bring to your attention some additional causes of stress that you might not have considered. So let's let's get into the topic. First of all, when I'm talking about fear, what am I talking about exactly? Some of you might say that fear is caused by um, things that scare you, like um, it could be anything, right? Some people are afraid of snakes. Some people are afraid of spiders. Some people are afraid of the dark. We, we, um, when you're a child, you might've been afraid of the dark um, because you couldn't see in the dark. You didn't know what was in the dark. Um, some people have um, thoughts, that cause them to be afraid. Some people um, are um, super, have a super sensitive imagination, an imagination that runs in overdrive. So they may take a situation and just think and think and think and think and imagine sometimes the worst. So there are many things that impact our, our, what we perceive as fear. Um, but basically, fear is an anxious feeling that we experience when we anticipate uh, something that might be harmful to us. Whether that harm is something that's real and present, or it's something that we imagine, or it's something that we perceive. So, I'm going to give you an example of a real um, of a real fear. Um, let's say that you're walking in your yard and you um, you walk on up on a rattlesnake, and you know we've had very heavy rains um, because of the storm that came through, and so if you live near um, waterways or if you live near um, low lying areas, there it's very likely that you might have um, a reptile. Of sorts in your yard, but so let's say you walk out and you see a rattlesnake. Your fear is very real because if you are bitten by the rattlesnake, um, you might get poisoned and you may um, you'll have an injury that needs immediate care. So that's a real fear. Let's say that you are. Um, it's been raining and you're in your home and you. Say, boy, we live near a waterway. I wonder if there is a snake outside, like a rattlesnake. Hmm, I need to be careful. That is a perceived fear because it's something that could possibly happen, but it's not something that, it's not like you've walked outside and you see the rattlesnake. It's something that you suspect could actually occur. Then let's say you you don't live near waterways and you haven't, you've never seen a rattlesnake in your life, at least not in person. And you're sitting there and you're just imagining because you've seen the television, you've seen uh, the reports about all the rain and you start thinking, wow, I wonder if there are rattlesnakes, if there are going to be rattlesnakes in their yards. That imagination can incite fear, which can increase your stress levels. So when we're talking about fear, we need to think in terms of, is it real? Is it perceived? Is it an imagined event or occurrence? The other thing that affects how, whether we are fearful or not, is our interpretation. And our interpretation of an event. So let me give you an example of that. Um, Let's say that you you like roller coasters. I used to like roller coasters, but I am not. um, I'm not. I can't do roller coasters anymore. (laughs) I don't do them like I used to. Um, However, if I'm on a roller coaster and I know, how the roller coaster is going to go up very slowly and then it's going to go down really quickly. And it may turn and twist and I may do a loop the loop. And then I'm going to go up and down again. And then I'm going to coast into the, um, the space where I can disembark the roller coaster. Right. So. That may cause me, my interpretation of that may be that, boy, I had a ball, I had a blast on the roller coaster. That could be my interpretation. But it could also be that I am totally frightened to the point where I I can't, you know, once I get off, I'm shaking like this. It was not fun. So our interpretation of an event, our interpretation of an occurrence can determine whether it causes us to be fearful. Also, we, because we are creatures who learn from our experiences and our brain interprets experiences based on past experiences, our interpretation is also based on our experiences. So if I have had fun experiences on roller coasters and I've enjoyed being on roller coasters, then I'm not going to be fearful of riding a roller coaster. But if I've had a bad experience, yeah, I'm not riding it because I'm too afraid to. Another thing that we want to be aware of when we're talking about fear We also need to be aware of those um, that what has been modeled before us, right? What has been modeled before us? What, in addition to our experiences, what we've seen others who we trust and respect have done, what has been modeled before us? That is very key as well. So, let me tell you a, a quick story about a fear that I have. I've never liked spiders. I don't like spiders. As a matter of fact, I am afraid of spiders. I don't know that my fear of spiders um, is uh, a phobia because I can be in a room with spy- with a spider. I can look at spiders. Um, I don't like to touch spiders. Um, I don't like tarantulas, which are not you know they look menacing, but you know they people keep them as pets. Any case, I don't like spiders. I'm afraid of spiders. I don't even like to kill spiders. I will if I have to. I was in my office at work and there was a spider on the ceiling. I don't even know where that spider came from. Well, yeah, I do. Because I saw the spider in the office. It was near the floor. And later on in the morning, it went, it crawled all the way up to the ceiling. Well, I was fine. I was fine. I was perfectly fine as long as I didn't see the spider. But now, because the spider was on the ceiling and I could see the spider, my fear was that the spider was going to walk across the ceiling right above my head and then descend. So what did I do? I went next door to my neighbor. (laughs) <laughs> the person who's in the suite next in the office in our suite who's in the office next to me. And I said, Hey, there's a spider on my ceiling. My office mate did not hesitate. My suite mate did not hesitate. She says, Okay, I'll get it. Well, I was shocked at that because, of course, I couldn't get it because I was afraid. She wasn't afraid. She said, I'll get it. I'm not afraid of spiders. I'm good. So she killed the spider. The thing about it is, she said, Now I don't do lizards. I don't do lizards and I don't do snakes. Well, I don't do snakes either, but I'll do lizards. Lizards don't bother me. Lizards, toads, and frogs. I'm good. But I just can't do spiders. So That was my quick story. My, my sweet mate killed the spider. I was happy and I learned something new about her. Okay. So let's continue. There's something that I wanted to go over the four, um, four types of fear that we experience. And um, again, if I'm looking up, I'm looking up because I see I'm looking at my notes. Uh, and I want to talk about those because I think those are very key. One of the types of fears that we have is the fear that we will cease to exist. Um, this is this is a fear that humans have. We have as a a being that we will become extinct. Um, similar to the dinosaurs, <laughs> dinosaurs and prehistoric animals and there are different people, peoples, who um, groups of people who no longer exist. So there is a fear that we have. It's not just the fear of death. It's the fear of not continuing, um, that we will no longer be around um, in any form. So that fear When sometimes when people go on high buildings or they're on um, very tall, like mountains or high places, there may be a fear that you have. Well, that fear, of course, is that what if I fall, then I will cease to exist. I will no longer be around. So that is a very, very clear fear, the fear that we will cease to exist. But we also have a fear that we might lose our autonomy, that in some way we will be um, restricted or um, trapped or uh, imprisoned, or we will not have the ability to be mobile, that we will not have the ability to make our own decisions and make our own choices. That is a fear that we have, and that is a very great fear. We want to be uh, have the autonomy. We are very social beings, and we love being around uh, other people and with other people. But we also want to be um, we want to have the ability to make our own way, to make our own decisions, to um, have freedom. We want to be free, to have freedom, and to exercise those freedoms. So we fear ceasing to exist. We also fear a loss of autonomy. Often when people have debilitating um, conditions or illnesses, it is very difficult for them because they have to be dependent On others, and it's so hard. Um, It's it's a very difficult thing. I I can't even wrap my mind around that, but it's very difficult. That's because there is a sense that um, we are no longer autonomous, that we are dependent, that we can't make our own way, that we are not self um, self. uh, We're not able to. Uh, to make our own way, there's a word I'm looking for, and I'll think about I'll think of it probably after the live. Another fear that we have is a fear of abandonment. This is a very, very big fear that so many of us have. We don't want to be separated from the people that we love and care about. We don't want to be separated from the people we know who love and care about us. So abandonment is very key and it's a very strong fear. Along with that is there's a sense of loss when we feel that we are no longer connected or when we feel rejected by those who are important in our lives. It is very, very detrimental. When you think about or talk about or hear about individuals who are no longer welcome in their family, it is very, very detrimental to the psyche. It takes a toll mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually when you are no longer welcome in your, in your family or in, in a group of people you once belonged. It is very, very detrimental. So the fear of abandonment is not only um, is, is a very real thing. It is a very real thing. It's very, very real. There's another type of fear that we have, and it is related to humiliation and shame. And this is when our ego is bruised. I know a lot of you have heard, you know, oh, his ego was bruised. Well, yeah, it is very, it is a very real fear. We do not want to be humiliated. We don't want to be, to feel ashamed or feel shame. And when we feel that, it does, it's a fear. It is a fear. We don't want people to think less of us. And we don't want, when our ego is bruised, It takes a beating. It's very hard on us because it causes us to question our very existence. It calls into question who we are and what we're about and what makes us who we are. So humiliation and shame. We don't want to be humiliated and we don't want to be shamed or feel shamed. It's something that we... um, I'm going to put this, when we experience disapproval from others, um, it's it, quest, it causes us to question whether we're capable, um, um, whether we are able to be loved, as well as whether we are worthy of um, that love and attention. So it, it can be very difficult. So I've talked about four types of fear that can impact our stress levels. The first was our fear that we will cease to exist. The second was loss of autonomy, having loss of autonomy, loss of our independence. The third is abandonment. We want to belong to um, a group of people who are caring. We want to be integrated into a community that's very important to us. We want to belong to a family, family of people who care and love us. Also, we have a fear of humiliation and shame. And this is where we, our ego, it's tough on our ego. And we, of course, we protect our ego. So these are the different types of fears that are very, very um, prevalent in humans, in humankind. Why am I talking about this and how does it relate to stress? Well, first of all, remember, stress is a physical reaction. It's a physical reaction to an unspecified uh, stimulus. And so when we encounter Things that cause us to be afraid, whether it's something that is real, something that is perceived, or something that is imagined, it initiates the stress response. And when that stress response is initiated, our heart rate increases, our blood pressure increases, our vessels, um, our heart starts pounding harder. And faster, our muscles get tight and it prepares us. Our anything that we don't need, like our digestive system, that our digestive system stops working actually. It doesn't stop, but it slows down to a minimum. It gets very slows down. But all of these things are signs that the stress response has kicked in. That stress response prepares us to fight or to flee. And in some cases, we just freeze. But for the most part, we we run or we're going a fight. It prepares us to get ready because the stress response is what helps keep us safe. It's, a, it's our safety valve. It alerts us. It kicks in when we have concerns that we are in danger or that we are going to be harmed when our being is going to be harmed. So if we have fears, the fears are going to kick in and initiate the stress response every time. Fear, the stress response are all very primitive reactions. They're primitive physical reactions and they're initiated by the amygdala, which is back here. It's it's a primitive part of our brain, but it keeps us safe. So anytime you see or anytime your senses perceive that you are in danger, the stress response is going to kick in. Now, here's the key. Remember, I said there's a difference between a real fear, like walking out and you see a rattlesnake right there, that might bite you, a perceived f- fear, and an imagined fear. We can initiate the stress response just by thinking of something that we are afraid of, or thinking of something, imagine, yeah, thinking of something that we fear might happen, or remembering something that was harmful to us, it always it will kick start the stress response. So our thoughts are very, very powerful. That's one of the reasons I wanted to go through the different types of fear and to focus on fears for the month of October. Because when we if we can get a handle on our fears, whether they are real, whether they are perceived, or whether they are imagined, then we can use that knowledge to lower our stress levels and to maintain them at a level that is beneficial for us. It's only when that stress response continues to turn, you know, I've talked about that when we are It continues to churn. It's like we keep getting hits (laughs) on the stress response. It keeps getting hits and it builds to a level, but it doesn't go down. It stays at a very high level. And then when something else happens that causes it to go up, it'll go up and it stays at a level. So we've got to learn some of those hidden causes of the stress that we experience so that we can address it and address it in an effective, meaningful way so that we can lower the stress levels and boost our energy so that we can meet the challenges that we face on a daily basis. Well, that's it for now. We've gone over four types of fears. I reviewed four complex fears that cause stress levels in mature women to go up. I'm going to ask you to make sure that you sign up for the Smiles newsletter. We're going to rebrand that Smiles newsletter soon. It'll be very much the same. You should have received your copy today in the mail. I hope you did. I need to check to see if I I got mine. But you should be getting it soon. If not today, you'll get it tomorrow. Maybe it is tomorrow. You'll get your Smiles newsletter. We're going to rebrand it. So I want you to make sure you sign up for it. Next week, I'm going to my college reunion. My husband and I are taking a trip. We're going to Chi-Town, Chicago, Illinois, the place where we met to at our college. And we're going to see friends there that we've not seen in quite a while. So we're looking forward to it. So next week, there will not be a stress talk live, but I'll join you the following week. In the meantime, stay safe. I appreciate your tuning in. I look forward to seeing you soon. Take care.